here we are starting off a new week and wrapping up a month. As we uh, take a look at the week ahead, as we move into October, weather's going to be a big, big story. It was a big story this past weekend, wasn't it? I mean, we had snow in places, heat, you know, extreme heat in some places, tornadoes, tornado warnings, a lot of rain in some places. I mean, it was a little bit of everything. We'll talk about it with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson coming up here in a little bit and see if things are going to calm down here as we move into the month of October. Lots to talk about today with USDA Undersecretary Bill Northey. Uh, CCC funds being replenished now that uh, the government's worked out a uh, spending resolution for a while anyway. And we're going to get an update on a, a number of things. We'll talk about uh, that extra money that's uh, going to be going out for Prevent Plant Acres. We'll get an update on dairy margin coverage sign-up, update on margin faci- uh, market facilitation program payments, where all that stands. So Bill Northey will be with us to update a lot of programs coming up a little bit later. Then we're going to have a harvest update right here in my area, West Central Illinois. In fact, just right up the road from me, I'm going to talk with a farmer who... In this area, we were really going, starting to really go on harvest until rains this weekend kind of slowed things back down. Although where I'm at, we received a lot less in some places not too far away. So we'll get a harvest update from West Central Illinois later in the program. But right now, we're going to start it off, uh, check in with Spencer Chase, AgriPulse Communications. Spencer, good to talk with you again. Good to talk to you as well, Mike. I just want to let the nation's farmers and ranchers know that uh, you know I was trying to ride a scooter to work this morning, and it started raining on me. So you know they're they're not alone in their in their fight against moisture. Yeah, we sent that rain out your way. Well, Appreciate you that. know, yep. uh, let's see. Congress had August off, then they come back, and now taking off again, right? Yeah, this is a you know they typically do a bit of a break here at the beginning of October, uh, timing with some some Jewish holidays as well. It also just gives them a a bit of a district work period. So they were in town for basically the the month of September, got a few bills passed, avoided a government shutdown. We're going to see a new fiscal year start tomorrow, and uh, have uh, have government government funding is going to be free flowing at that point rather than uh, risking a government shutdown, which was a you know, nobody ever really was thinking that was going to happen at this month, and uh, now Congress taking action last week to actually make sure that doesn't happen. To get us by for now, but they've still got some things to work out. Right. Uh, so this funding right now goes through November 21st. Obviously, the fiscal year goes for quite a bit after that. And so this uh, was definitely a stopgap spending bill and enabled them to avoid a government shutdown. But they're still going through the appropriations process, uh, still need to fight things out, uh, decide where they're going to stand on things like uh, whether or not Congress is going to support the USDA's move of some folks to Kansas City, uh, whether or not they're going to approach the CCC funding, which, you know, they've, they've fixed off. But, you know, still some things to discuss uh, as, as foreign policy continues to, uh, to unfold here these next couple of months. In other words, on a lot of things, as is uh, so often the case, they've kind of kicked the can down the road a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is this is a pattern that we've uh, kind of come to expect in Washington. Uh, we, we, we were pretty sure that they weren't going to be looking at a government shutdown this time around, but it was just a matter of how uh, what the resolution ended up looking like and what uh, now the, really the interesting part is going to be what they are going to do here over this next, uh, you know, basically a big month and a half before uh, – before this government uh, funding that they currently have now is set to expire. Yeah, sad to say we've come to expect it. That's become business as usual, the way they uh, they handle things, uh, keep pushing things off as much as they can. All right, meanwhile, uh, last week we got some good news on the U.S.-Japan trade deal. It sounds like there are still some positive things happening towards USMCA. Not a done deal yet, not ready for a vote, but progress sounds like it's being made. Right, and that was one thing, you know, a lot of folks were very concerned when uh, when the impeachment investigation was announced uh, last Tuesday that that was potentially going to derail USMCA talks. Obviously, that's something that's going to require, you know, some bipartisan cooperation between the administration and Capitol Hill. But uh, pretty much, you know, pretty much all parties involved came out and said, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time was the expression that was thrown around quite a bit. They're still planning on having meetings. They actually did on Friday, made some progress. Uh, you know, the, the groups are going to continue to keep working at the staff level these next couple of weeks while Congress is out of town with the hopes of, and, you know, this has kind of been the agriculture's hope all along, 
And now it's kind of seeping into uh, House Democrats are saying this as well, that they're really hoping to get a vote on USMCA potentially by the end of the year. You know, that would allow it to stay out of uh, 2020 election year politics, would really be a much cleaner process if they can get it done that way rather than, you know, just continuing to negotiate into, you know, January, February, March of next year. Yeah, the key for that to happen is the fact that we're hearing some Democrats say that, right? Right, because obviously uh, House Democrats are in are in control of that chamber right now. This is assumed to be a, a done deal in the Senate. It's not going to take much, uh, not mu- not going to take much pushing to get it through there. But there were some House Democrats that had a lot of concerns about labor, uh, environment, uh, enforcement mechanisms within the agreement. And so, if they can get uh, you know kind of a plurality of House Democrats on board, this agreement is going to be uh, is going to be in very good shape. And meanwhile, the uh, all eyes will be on uh, more talks with China as well. Right, we're expecting a, a delegation from China to come to the United States at some point in the month of October. Uh, there were some reports out of some Chinese state media uh, over the weekend that uh, that Liu He is going to lead that delegation, and so uh, he's you know China's chief negotiator. They are you know they're they're sending the big guns. They're looking to get some kind of a resolution to this. Uh, right now, some some holidays uh, over in China right now as they celebrate kind of the anniversary of the the modern version of their country. And so once the once the celebrating gets done, we we do expect the Chinese delegation to head to Washington for another round of trade talks. And the higher level of of uh, those that come over in that delegation, the higher ranking officials, the that ramps up anticipation of some something getting done even more. Right, and you know it's it's really good to see you know just just to see the the semblance of talks again after we had that brief spat in uh, in uh, earlier this summer in May when when you know the United States kind of said that China started to renege on some uh, some commitments that they had offered. Well, now if the uh, Chinese government is going to be sending their negotiators back to the United States, you know, with the intent of finishing a deal, that's something that uh, potentially bodes well for American agriculture. Meanwhile, the biofuels industry getting uh, very frustrated with the lack of this uh, RFS package announcement that, you know, the president promised, uh, but we've not seen anything uh, yet as in a way of an announcement of any kind. Well, and something that really is complicating matters here is that, uh, you know, earlier this September we were told that the administration was looking to really move something, you know, uh, that week. And, you know, we heard that week uh, for three or four different weeks. But the reason they were looking to do that was to get some rulemaking in place because there needs to be you know a certain amount of time for notice and comment and all that fun stuff they've got to get that done in time for the uh, full renewable volume obligation to go out at the end of november so if the administration's looking to include something that'll go in the november rvo they've really got to get going here and uh, a lot of folks on capitol hill getting frustrated with the fact that uh, we're not seeing that quite yet yep it uh there was a concern that there would be another case of overpromise and underdeliver, and that's kind of where we're at at this point. But there's still time, as you said. That that uh, November deadline kind of becomes a deadline on this as well. Well, Spencer, always good to talk with you. Thanks for the update. Appreciate it, Mike. Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications. Lots of weather information to go over with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson next on AOA. The sounds of success vary from person to person. Success sounds like this to a Credence soybean grower. Along with 43 new varieties this year, Credence soybeans come with agronomic expertise from BASF. That means expert advisors who bring local insights on seed selection, management decisions, and crop protection options. Knowing the kind of success you're shooting for? That's smart. Ask your local BASF seed advisor about Credence soybeans. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, we're talking with the new CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Colin Whittall. And one more thing before we let you go, your reaction to all the attention, all the publicity, all the money going into these plant and cell-based products. We're going to continue to fight them, and we're going to be louder in our fighting because they continue to market themselves by disparaging us. And I tell you, if the only marketing 
plan that you have for your product is to disparage your competition, then you probably don't really have a good product. And I think everybody in the livestock industry would uh, would agree with that anyway. So we have got to fight back on them, uh, stop them from disparaging us, and more importantly, work with USDA and FDA to do everything we can to prevent them from using the term beef. So you're going to see more and more from NCBA over the next several weeks as we roll out more plans there to combat what has been an unnecessary attack on us and one that we're just not going to stand for anymore, Mike. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Your diesels are your engines of prosperity, so they deserve the best treatment. And with FS Fuel and Lubricant, you'll give them the gold standard. Diesel X Gold High Performance Fuel plus Suprex Gold ESP Engine Oil. Formulated to work together, they'll keep your diesels running longer and stronger, from farming to construction to trucking. Visit FSGoldStandard.com or talk with your local FS Energy Specialist. FS, bringing you what's next. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, looking across the country this past weekend, a little bit of everything weather-wise, snow, heat, rain, tornadoes, you name it. Let's talk about it with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, a little bit of everything this weekend. Yes, there was, Mike, and uh, that's not surprising, uh, considering that there's a big contrast in the upper air features across the country. Um, We've got a real wintry-type large-scale upper air trough that's kind of been parked over the Great Basin and uh, the the, uh, interior west. And then in contrast, uh, summertime high pressure is again set up. This is the second year in a row that we've seen this over the southeastern part of the country. Uh, today in, in southern Alabama, for example, they could have a high temperature approaching 100, uh, you know, just uh, south of, um, of Montgomery, probably around Tuscaloosa. And um, you get that kind of a contrast going on uh, from west to east. There's going to be a lot of volatility and a lot of real extremes uh, on either side of the fence on temperatures as well as on precipitation uh, where the areas that get moisture are likely to get pretty heavy amounts and areas that get the moisture with colder air are going to get the snowfall that we saw and then in contrast where it is uh, not raining uh, you're likely to see a very uh, dry scenario uh, with uh, drought developing and uh, we've got all that going on. Let's start with the snow. We were hearing about it in Canada. Next, Then we heard that it was in Montana. How widespread was this snow? Well, the snow pretty much focused uh, over the western half of Montana and then through the Montana Rockies north into the, um, the 
Canadian prairies, the western prairies, and Canadian Rockies, and it it was heavy. I mean, they had over three feet of snow in the Montana Rockies, and uh, it was stressful to to uh, livestock uh, where they didn't uh, get out of uh, were were not able to get out of the uh, snow areas. I think that a lot of ranchers knew that this uh, thing was coming, and so they took uh, they took measures to you know move cattle. Uh, away from uh, areas where it could be real uh, snowy and stormies, so uh, they were able to, I think, in large part, uh, get get uh, everything taken care of in advance of that. But you're not able to move crops, and in the western prairies, particularly, uh, that snowfall is going to cause damage to canola and wheat, and uh, also to any uh, hay crops that uh, you know producers would like to get cut. Uh, you know, that caused a lot of damage as well. And then in spring wheat areas of the northwestern plains, we know that that's been a big problem uh, with a delayed season, wet conditions. So there's going to be a a problem there, too. And we have likely seen uh, a loss in total wheat production in spring wheat areas. And we know that there's already a big quality loss uh, because of how wet things have been. Uh, so it was a damaging storm. There's no doubt about that. And then into the Midwest, some, in some areas, some very heavy rainfall. Very true. Uh, the um, rainfall amounts uh, approached uh, six inches plus in north-central Illinois, uh, parts of uh, southern Wisconsin, uh, southeastern Minnesota, eastern Iowa, into uh, northern Missouri, a pretty big swath, actually, of the southwestern and the, and the uh, central corn belt that had that kind of, a, of rainfall. Uh, we didn't get that here in Omaha yesterday, but uh, when it poured, it poured very, uh, it was real intense uh, when the rain hit. And, in fact, we're going to see more of this this week because uh, there's uh, that kind of standing uh, upper air pattern, you know, that's pretty stagnant right now, bringing in a lot of moisture out of the Gulf of Mexico into the frontal boundary. And then along with that, there's a tropical storm down in the um, Gulf of California called uh, Narda that is uh, leading to a circulation northeastward of higher-level moisture to kind of get caught up in this total profile in the atmosphere. And so we're likely to see additional rains of anywhere from two to possibly four inches. And so there's uh, flash flooding that's going to develop again uh, from, you know, uh, northeastern Kansas, uh, northeastward uh, into southeastern Minnesota, northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin, uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of restarting that whole mechanism. And, uh, of course, now... We're at, a, uh, we're at a time frame where that um, heavy rainfall is not going to go away quickly. Uh, so we are uh, certainly looking at a big uh, delay in harvest and obviously unfavorable conditions for crops trying to get through the balance of the season as well. So it really hit at a, at a very unfortunate time in terms of uh, getting work done. And it looks like we're going to start seeing a change in temperatures this first week of October. Well, there's going to be some. I you know this whole idea of uh, of widespread freezing. I think uh, if if there's any of that, I I, I would I certainly would like to um, offer a uh, counter counter opinion on that, a counter viewpoint. I don't think that we're going to be uh, getting cold enough to uh, have a widespread freeze. There has been some in northern North Dakota into parts of the Canadian prairies. That's where the real cold air focused. But uh, this week in general is going to be a little bit on the cooler side and, and probably substantially cooler during the daytime. Uh, overnight lows are still not uh, likely to get into a real hard freeze category. Uh, the the uh, general feature is that with this cold front that's moving through the central part of the country, it's just going to uh, take temperatures into a bracket that will not be favorable for drying crops out. And the uh, 10-day pattern is showing more of a broad uh, trough in the upper atmosphere over the north-central part of the country. That's going to be more variable on temperatures, but it, it uh, is not going to lead to a real warm and dry scenario. And I know that's what we certainly could use right now over much of the country, but uh, we're not going to be in that uh, type of a pattern looking into the first uh, 10 days or so of October. Really shaping up to be a challenging 
harvest, which uh, kind of falls in line with the way this year has been challenging all along. Um, what about planting down in South America? What's the weather down there? Well, uh, it, we're going to see some rainfall in Brazil uh, during this week. Uh, Mato Grosso, in fact, could see anywhere from one to three inches of rain. They could use it because it's been pretty dry there, and uh, soybean planting in Mato Grosso is actually off to a pretty slow start. Barely uh, 1.5% of their crop area has been planted for soybeans, and uh, last year at this time, Mike, they had almost 4.5% of the crop area planted. So they did get an earlier start a year ago. Uh, now, parts of southern Brazil could actually see rainfall of anywhere from 2 to 5 inches and maybe even some local flooding, and so that's going to hold things up, obviously, in Paraná and Rio Grande do Sul. Uh, so the the situation in Brazil is looking wetter this week. I think it would be more beneficial in Mato Grosso than farther south. And uh, that rainfall in Mato Grosso, again, is going to be very important uh, because of the uh, slower start that they're off to right now. Okay. So, again, uh, you're not seeing anything on the immediate horizon concerning an early frost. But what about your long-range forecast for October, the month, as we go into the new month tomorrow? Um, how does it look overall? Well, October is looking a little bit better on temperatures. Um, you know, when you think about the uh, the northern areas, I think over the, the Midwest we're going to have a, a seasonal-type uh, temperature pattern. And the big takeaway for me is that after, you know, all of this uh, September rain that we've seen and stuff, it's not going to be all that great. Uh, for getting you know for getting fields into condition for drying things out and and so that's going to be a i think a uh continued uh, challenge as we go through and and you know as you mentioned mike it uh it just continues the the uh, situation that we've had all the way since uh spring planting with uh field work or harvest chances being uh fairly limited as far as any one occurrence over a period of, say, five or six days. I don't think we're going to be seeing that. And so harvest is likely to be uh, one of these uh, seasons again where uh, we get well into November before we're kind of on the downhill side of things. And and just to add to the weekend's uh, weather, I mean, here in central Illinois, we had tornado warnings in places yesterday. Well, and that, yeah, and that's not surprising. Uh, with this volatility that we've got, uh, the sharp contrast in, in conditions, a lot of moisture in the atmosphere, when you get that kind of uh, a, a uh, contrast going on, uh, the, the severe weather potential is quite high. And, you know, and, and right now in the far northern uh, crop areas in North Dakota and Minnesota earlier today, may still be going on there there were severe thunderstorm watches in effect and of course not that far away uh, there were areas of snowfall and so this uh this sharp difference is going to be with us wow all right bryce thanks a lot uh, lots to talk about we'll stay in touch thank you you're welcome mike dtm meteorologist bryce anderson all right up next usda undersecretary bill northy joined us stay with us here on aoa Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. For the American Ag Network, I'm Kirsten Rawls. 
A large swath of rain hit the plains this weekend, which may prove to be bad news for soybean crops that are now just ready to begin harvest. 120,000 metric tons of corn have been reported sold to Mexico for delivery during the 2019-2020 marketing year, the USDA says. This comes following last week's announcement of a 200,000-ton sale of corn to Mexico. Mexico is one of the biggest consumers of U.S. corn. Ahead of Monday's USDA September Grain and Stocks report, corn is up a bit in slow trade. A very wet weekend saw rains of two to six inches across much of the central Midwest, virtually halting any chance of early harvest from Kansas to Missouri into Indiana. Soybeans are getting a nice bounce Monday to begin the week, but for the last 12 days have been consolidating in tight trade. Although China is on holiday beginning Tuesday, there appears to be more optimism regarding the upcoming trade talks in Washington on October 10th through the 11th, with China's Vice Premier Liu He expected to be in attendance. Minneapolis weed is alone in a bullish start to Monday as heavy snows in Montana and the Canadian prairies and heavy rains in North Dakota once again shut off harvest activity and stoked fears of further quality downgrades. An hour into the trading day, December corn up three and a quarter of a cent at 374 and a half cent. November soybeans up 13 and a half cent at 896 and three quarters of a cent. December Minneapolis spring wheat up eight at 555. Kansas City wheat December down three quarters of a cent at 406 and three quarters of a cent. December Chicago wheat unchanged at 487 and a quarter of a cent. October live cattle down 52 cents at 104.50. October feeders $1.52 lower at 142.80. October lean hogs $1.42 lower at 63.80. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture for the American Ag Network. I'm Kirsten Rall. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. The sounds of success vary from person to person. Success sounds like this to a Credence soybean grower. Along with 43 new varieties this year, Credence soybeans come with agronomic expertise from BASF. That means expert advisors who bring local insights on seed selection, management decisions, and crop protection options. Knowing the kind of success you're shooting for? That's smart. Ask your local BASF seed advisor about Credence soybeans. Always read and follow label directions. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And welcome back to Adams on Agriculture. Very happy to have with us now USDA Undersecretary Bill Northey. Bill, several things we want to get into, and we'll start with an announcement, uh, some word we got late last week about some uh, additional uh, payments going out for Prevent Plant Acres. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Hey, we're glad to, to finally get some details out and the mechanics of it. So uh, producers that received a payment uh, an indemnity check for their crop from their crop insurance for per, being prevented from planting will receive a top-up payment of 10 or 15 percent depending on whether they had the harvest price option or not and most producers do have that uh, so most producers would receive the 15 percent um, one of the nice things for producers is they don't need to uh, to sign up uh, if they receive that payment that uh, uh, that that uh, check will be coming into their account here in the same method that they receive that payment uh, within a couple of weeks, probably mid-October is when it would come. 
Um, and so it will be delivered. They'll actually see it come from their crop insurance company. We're reimbursing the crop insurance companies for those payments. And since they made the first payment, um, they will uh, go ahead and make the top-up payment. Um, certainly re- leaves a little bit extra effort that it would be in moving some information around and causing a, another reason for folks to have to go into uh, FSA offices. We've got uh, plenty of things going on. We've got folks coming in for ARC PLC and other things right now. But uh, certainly glad to be able to deliver that and appreciate the, uh, the companies working with us to make sure that that could be delivered in a timely and efficient way to our producers. Some have uh, described that as uh, more than they thought, kind of a pleasant surprise uh, for those that will receive that. It will certainly help. Um, uh, There may be some farmers thinking, maybe I shouldn't have tried to mud in a crop just to get something planted uh, when they see this top-up payment that would have maybe been even better than what they have now. Well, you know, it's hard to know. I'm sure everybody's looking at the field right now, and we're starting to see some results of whether those uh, lake-planted crops were, were going to be were a good idea or not, and I think the weather determined most of that. In most cases, uh, this payment uh, isn't a huge amount. If you had a $300 or $250 prevent plant payment, you had 15% of that, you're talking about uh, $40 um, for a payment. Uh, in some cases, the, uh, the market facilitation planted acre payment would have been more than that. In some cases, it would have been less, and every place is a little different. But for the most part, it's whether the crop is any good or not that determined whether it was a good decision to mud that crop in or not. And that's one of the hard things that a producer faces in the spring when you're looking at that field and you're going, should I, shouldn't I? I wish I knew what the weather was going to be. Overall, Bill, as far as... uh implementing the disaster aid package. Where do you stand on that? Uh, coming along pretty good. Uh, folks will know that the, the WIP, the Wildfire and Hurricane Indemnity uh, Disaster Program sign-up is going on right now. Stored grain um, losses that producers would have, actually stored commodities, so that would include hay if it was in storage and got flooded. Uh, that's going on now. Some folks that uh, were not able to l- deliver dairy products um, during storms, that sign-up is going on. Now this will go out. Uh, won't require a producer to, uh, to come in, um, but this will go out soon. We are still looking at some block grants. We have some states uh, really down in the southeast that had hurricanes, that had some uncovered losses. Uh, in Congress uh, and encouraged us and gave us the authority to be able to look at some of those uncovered losses uh, and look at some block grant potential, maybe tree losses and other kinds of things that were down there, timber losses. Uh, and so we're still working through the block grant uh, for that. But for most of our farmers in the Midwest, uh, the uh, the programs um, that uh, – uh, they'd look for in a disaster program. Are there available? Um, are other disaster programs continued? Emergency conservation program, um, uh, the emergency watershed program, the livestock indemnity program. Want to make sure folks had losses. Continue to think about that and get in and get signed up for those as well. Talking with USDA Undersecretary Bill Northey. Bill, Congress going through the process of replenishing the funds to the CCC. How has that impacted uh, your ability to be able to, uh, to get the assistance out where it's been needed? It, uh, the president signed the bill on Friday. We had the uh, things in motion. Um, I think certainly we'll likely, uh, as quick as, it, as we can get checks out, we'll, uh, we'll be getting those out to producers. And those, everyone knows those are do uh, in early October here, typically as soon as we can, right after the 1st of October. It always takes a few days, um, up to a week for that process. By the time we print out about 700 or, or do the processing, about $750,000 worth of checks, about uh, a little over $3 billion, uh, $4 billion uh, worth of payments. Um, 
we will uh, we should have those in the accounts, and Congress replenished some funds for us to be able to do that, and that should be coming very soon. So those are ARC PLC payments for the production year 2018. Uh, they are also CRP payments uh, for those folks that have a current CRP contract that would have earned it uh, for this year, just ending September 30. And what about, can you kind of give us a, a look at the market facilitation program payments and how that has gone? Yeah, we continue to have folks signing up. <clears throat> I think we're um, maybe around 400,000 folks uh, that have signed up. Um, I believe we've rolled, uh, I think we'll announce some numbers, uh, updated numbers later today. Um, and I think uh, we'll be uh, around $5 billion worth of checks out the door to producers. Um, folks have until December 6th uh, to sign up for that program. Uh, go ahead and encourage them to, to sign up uh, for those folks that are thinking about a second payment. Uh, that'll be decided as we get closer to November. Um, but uh, getting those first payments made, uh, total we would estimate on those first payments could be around $7 billion or 7 and a half. So if we're at 5 we're about two-thirds of the way there. And we just wrapped up uh, the sign-up for the DMC Dairy Margin Coverage Program. You extended it a week, and that is now passed. Uh, what can you tell us about sign-up for that? Well, we are very happy with the, uh, the sign-up, and we're still crunching the final numbers here to be able to see what we ended up with. But uh, uh, early midweek last week, um, we were over the numbers uh, of the folks that participated in the Margin Protection Program the year before. Um, that was about 21,300, I believe, in the margin protection program, and uh, uh, we're at least a thousand over that now um, in sign up at least mid to late week uh, last week. So uh, I think we'll be very happy with those numbers, and we'll get those out as, as soon as we know how many folks that we got signed up for that program. Bill, what was behind the decision to extend the deadline for sign-up an extra week, and how much of an impact do you think that had? You know, I think a lot of producers had come in. Um, we did have some folks, some offices that still had folks on on register, and that's just fine. We can uh, go ahead and finish those up after sign-up closes, and we, we may still have that this time around. Um, but But we know that there were still some producers out there thinking about it, um, and it kind of snuck up on some, although we uh, tried to make sure that everybody knew the deadline was the week before. Um, we wanted to make sure that producers uh, had enough time, um, certainly uh, made sure that they made the right decision. Um, we think there were a few more folks that came in. It's hard to know. Uh, some folks might have heard on, on Friday that it was extended and waited till the next week and would have been in on that Friday um, uh, that closing Friday, and some of the folks might have been on the register already, and then those applications got finished the next week. But it is a very good program for dairy producers, and we want to make sure that everyone who is uh, working on it, thinking about it, had a chance to go ahead and make their decision, just extended it a week. Uh, now we will start sign up for the 2020 Dairy Margin Coverage Program in uh, – I think it's uh, uh, two weeks, or I think it's uh, next week. Um, so like the 8th, I believe, is when the 2020 program sign-up will start. You know, the extend through the end of the year, so there's not a rush there, but uh, certainly encourage producers that are looking at participating in 2020 uh, to come into the offices once that opens up. All right, Bill, lots going on. I wanted to get an update from you and just kind of see where we're at with all these different programs and the funding and, and uh, some things for folks, uh, producers, to keep in mind. Always appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us. You bet. Thanks, Mike. That's USDA Undersecretary Bill Northy. Look at uh, several programs uh, from Prevent Plant uh, Money. It's that top-off program uh, to the market facilitation program payments to dairy margin coverage. ARC, PLC, lots going on, and I wanted to get that update from uh, Undersecretary Northey. Next, we're going to get an update on harvest. We're going to look in west-central Illinois. 
Harvest was starting to really get going. Fair amount done before weekend rains came and uh, slowed things back down. We're going to get a harvest update, though. That's coming up next. Stay with us right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing, manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. My mom suppressed cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today. 800-745-3327. 800-745-3327. With Make-A-Wish, the impossible becomes possible. A girl battling cancer can become a race car driver battling the course. The boy showing all the nurses his fire trucks can take the helm of a real one. Wishes can give kids with critical illnesses the strength to keep fighting, get better, and grow up. Where there's a wish, there's a way. Wishes need you. Visit Make-A-Wish at Wish.org. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, in the state of Wisconsin, legislation has been proposed to stop the use of misleading labels on imitation milk and dairy products. And here to tell us about that is Tom Crave, president of the Dairy Business Association in Wisconsin and a farmer and cheesemaker in Wisconsin. Tom, thank you for joining us. Uh, tell us about the, this proposed legislation in Wisconsin. Well, it is being proposed that any product that is not truly milk or cheese be not be able to use the milk or cheese label. It's, we think it's very simple. Uh, words do matter. Milk is milk, cheese is cheese. And we're just trying to have transparency for the consumers to be able to make an informed decision when they are buying products. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. You can't buy a best friend. You can love them, walk them, pet them, and care for them, whether they want you to or not. You can take a picture or 50. You can fly to the moon, travel the world, or just stay in bed. You can't buy a best friend like that, but you can adopt one. There are millions of pets waiting for a best friend just like you. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. 
It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past the turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's, it's our roads. It's, it's our safety. safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, where I live in west central Illinois, harvest was starting to get going pretty good we had a fair amount done then all of a sudden rains over the weekend uh, slowed things back down although we were very fortunate not as much rain as some areas uh, much closer by got uh, some heavy heavy rains in north northern part of the state of illinois and even uh, you look at uh, the east central part of the state with tornado warnings yesterday a lot of uh, that severe weather that we talked about earlier with bryce anderson I want to get a harvest update, though, here in my area of west-central Illinois. We're 30 miles west of Springfield to give you, everyone an idea right where we're at. And uh, a guy that farms just right up the road from me, Dale Haddon, joins us now. Dale, thanks for being with us. Good morning, Mike. How are you today? I was hoping you'd be calling calling me from, uh, uh, or we'd be calling you and catching you in the combine today. But, uh, what, a couple inches of rain over the weekend for us. That's correct. Uh, we had about two inches from Friday uh, evening to uh, through Sunday morning, basically. And I actually just jumped out and checked the field. I'm going to have to give it till middle of the afternoon, maybe see if we can't get rolling again on harvest. As I said, we're fortunate here. Two inches, a lot less than some areas uh, pretty close by. That's correct. Uh, I actually had a conversation with a good friend of mine, a friend of yours, Philip Nelson, yesterday. He called... Uh, Get somewhere between seven and a half to nine inches in that three-day span. They haven't started harvested in northern Illinois, north of Pontiac. There, uh, very frustrated. He's got you know huge ponds holding water, and you know this time of year those ponds don't evaporate very fast. Although 90 degree temperatures today and tomorrow will help a little bit. Yeah, as northern part of the state, northern part of Illinois, very very wet, a lot of heavy rain. Now, but in our in our area, as I mentioned, uh, we have a fair amount done. How much do you have? harvested so far? Mike, we're about uh, 20% on corn. Um, moisture level's been running in that 18 to 24%. Uh, got about 100 acres of soybeans. Um, just kind of getting a good start on them. We, we wanted to switch. We've got probably five, 600 acres now ready to, to cut. They were pretty green stemmed and testing in the 17, 18% uh, range last Monday, and we switched back to corn and ran hard on corn all week till we got rain there Friday night. So we've actually got a good start on it, uh, considering what weather we've dealt with all year. And on yields, I, I know they're all over the place, and I would imagine that yield monitor is going up and down as you go through the field. It, it is. Um, I would share with your listeners that you know uh, the thing that's astonishing to me is the moisture ranges that we're dealing. Um, it's not uncommon to have eighteen and. 26, 27 percent corn in the same pass as you go through the field. As you go in and out of a low area or you change soil types, the moisture ranges are really changing, as do the yields. Uh, you know, we're seeing ranges anywhere from 100 bushel corn up to 280 or 90 bushel corn on the yield monitor as you go through the field. Yeah, and considering the year it's been, some of those good spots are, are probably surprisingly good, but then yet. Uh, we're always comparing this year with last year, which was a, a, a tremendous year. So that that's kind of keep things in context. That's true. Uh, I was harvesting some uh, fields that we were able to plant in April, uh, what I've harvested so far. But I did jump into a field that we planted uh, May 17th. Uh, moisture levels, of course, went up about 3%, three 3% 3 
uh, running in that 22 to 25 percent range there on Thursday. Um, very appreciative of what yields we did see in that field, but it's a field with a rolling topography. Uh, it has a flat area on it, and actually those flat areas were the lowest yielding in that particular field just because it stood with water for basically from the time it was planted uh, all the way through to the you know, the middle to the end of June, there was water sitting out there most of the time. It's just been such a strange year. I, I know driving around over the weekend, you know, you see a field that's been harvested, and right next to it, a, a, a field that's still very green, it's going to be a while. It is going to be a while. Um, we probably planted the last 35% of our corn in June, uh, and about half our soybeans were planted in June. So, I mean, we've got, uh, you know, a very stretched out harvest that we're, we're looking at. Uh, we're hoping to maybe cut beans here for two or three days this week. Mother Nature's calling for more rain on Wednesday moving in here. Hopefully not to the amount that we had over the weekend. Um, get these beans knocked out, then go get some of this May planted corn and see if we can't get the moisture levels where we can handle that and go ahead and tuck that away in the, in the bin. The whole crop has been a big question mark, but especially the beans. Uh, have have you found some surprises? What what were you thinking as you started bean harvest? What you might have, and uh, compared to what you're seeing so far. Well, honestly, I've just harvested you know one basically one hundred acre field. Uh, it's a field that has rolling topography with pattern tiled. So we, we planted it in April twenty sixth uh, to a, a three one maturity bean. Typically, a little bit earlier mature and bean than what we would do, but I was trying to spread out our harvest loads after dealing with the late harvest last year. I wanted to get started on soybeans a little bit earlier. Uh, surprised that uh, those those levels were, you know, in the mid to upper 70s, ticking into low 80s in places. Um, honestly, if you would have asked me back in August, state fair time, I would have told you I'd been very satisfied getting those beans, you know, in that 65 to uh, uh, low 70s. That would be the top end of what we typically have in this area, you know, every year except for last year, which were, you know, 10, 15 bushel better than that. This year, I think that field is probably an anomaly just because we got it planted in April. There weren't a lot of beans in my area planted in April. We have the ability to plant, you know, with two planters. So we, the day we started planting corn, we also started planting soybeans. So we've been fortunate to, to get some acres planted there in May. And I think what we've learned over the last couple of years, those beans appreciate getting planted earlier and able to handle cool, damp conditions that we deal with afterwards and then actually yield well. Fungicide on the soybeans, I do, I do know that in this particular field, you probably yielded me another 10 bushel to the acre by having fungicide on the soybeans. All right, Dale, hope you can get going again uh, later today. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Mike. Have a good day. All right, take care. Dale Haddon, who farms uh, just outside of Jacksonville, Illinois, where I live, west-central Illinois, about 30 miles west of Springfield. With that, we'll wrap it up for today. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow. We start a new month, lots to talk about. We'll keep you updated right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Have a great day, everyone.